0: Sunday night, and welcome to Graphic Policy Radio. This is the podcast for politics and comics meet. This is the show for folks who want their San Diego Comic Con coverage to come with an acknowledgement of the fact that San Diego is also a city in which people live, and that that might have something significant to say about the conference's interactions with the city as well. Um, I'm Ilana Levin, aka Ilana Brooklyn, your host on the podcast, and. Yeah, so this is going to be our big San Diego Comic-Con 2018 episode. San Diego Comic-Con is an economy itself, and this is the U.S.'s biggest pop culture convention. It has massive implications, not just in nerd-friendly TV movies, a thing you may remember that are called comics that people still read, uh, and also in politics. So we're going to do the graphic policy radio-style scoop on the conversation, and joining me as this week's guest is my favorite resident San Diegan, Arturo Garcia, Arturo has worked as a journalist across the media spectrum, newspapers, television news, and now as a reporter and fact checker for Snopes.com. For the past two years, he's also been one of two correspondents for Rolling Stone's coverage of San Diego Comic-Con. His work has appeared on The Raw Story, Racialicious, The Guardian, and Alternet. He has followed a multitude of superhero media fandoms, and there is a Rocky Horror Picture Show convention named after him. This is true. Arturo, welcome back to the show.
1: Thank you very much for having us.
0: Yeah, I um, it's so perfect that I know someone who's a political activist, lives in San Diego, and is a lifelong geek and a journalist. Like the Venn diagram of who exactly we should have on the show <laughs> to talk about this. It's like you are right in the center of it. So that worked out very well.
1: <laughs> um, you know, I want to... In in piggybacking on that I reminded of something that uh Jen Jen Steller, uh Inc. Amazon said during a, a, a panel on Sunday that I covered. Um geeks are inherently well suited for political campaigning. They can plan a campaign mm-hmm. that lasts either two and a half months or, or twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, we're 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 detail oriented by nature. That's um, true. And it... And you know, pick a fandom and you'll find you'll find the cost to rally around
0: that's one of the I'm really glad that they had that panel at SCcc. I've been trying to get something like that at NYCC and have not gotten anywhere on it, but we were able to host something like that at AwesomeCon this year um yeah like what 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 were that that was um what was the name of that panel again
1: That one was civility versus anger which which dealt with oh. uh on, oh that's not the one uh, I was navigating online. Did- but there were a number of panels that that actually uh, took on uh, uh, let's say let's call them more forceful topics as opposed to watch X preview here's you know and you uh, mm-hmm. could call them the the, uh, the the sales pieces the sales pushes that yeah. that, have, that have become associated with conventions.
0: Yeah, I just knew, I just knew that there was a fan activism panel that I think ink stained ink stained act. Uh, Amazon was on as well as some folks from the Harry Potter Alliance. So, um, I wanted to be there, but I could not, um, what was I going to say? So, uh, so I guess my first question for you is be like, what was the, was there a moment in San Diego Comic-Con that just really codified this as a political event as well as a geek event? Uh,
1: not, I wouldn't say that was a flashpoint. What I would say is that in the absence of stuff like the Marvel Cinematic Properties or Game of Thrones, um, there were more opportunities for uh, let's call them emerging emerging representative voices to 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 be heard. Hmm. Um, you know, the Black Heroes Matter was able to come back and sustain m- momentum for for that for that flash mob and movement. Uh, the nerds of color, you know. Shout out to Keith Chow. They organized a, a rally for Rose Tico during the convention. I don't think that gets. I, I think there's a ceiling on the traffic there if if the if the convention is dominated by uh, a, let's call it a bigger assortment of of mega properties. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I you know I saw Mark Hamill retweet stuff with the rally for Rose. So let's ex- let's let, let's talk about that a bit for our listeners. So basically, the actress who plays Rose Tico. Uh, was bullied off the internet by racist, sexist scumbags. Um, why am I forgetting the actress's name? I feel so bad. Um, oh, Kelly
1: Marie Tran.
0: Can't, yes, yes. So, uh, so folks, so so, so cosplayers. Uh, it looks like they did like a meetup rally outside the convention to show solidarity with her. Is that what happened? Yes. And that was the Nerds and of Color who organized it, it or?
1: And they 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 attracted uh, Rose cosplayers. Uh, Keith was there with with shirts uh, depicting Rose in in the style of the old Obama poster with with except with hope on the bottom and with Rose on the bottom. Uh, um, Rian Johnson retweeted it. Rian Johnson retweeted a post about it and, and sent his love.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. You know, and I,
1: I think, I, I and I, I think we're we're in a moment where we're seeing more stuff like that now. Uh, as our channels get amplified, and as sites like like the Noc or uh, Women in Comics New York, to, to the name of another, um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, as people like David Walker and, 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 and the Black Heroes Matter, uh, let's call it movement, continue to continue to gain steam, um, there are more opportunities for this for 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 these voices to be heard, and, and there were also panels this year dealing with, you know, the fake geek girl uh, fallacy. There was the panel oh, on wow. activism building, um, in you know this it, I wouldn't call it a relatively new development. I mean, there was a panel on yeah. on, on uh, geek girls as far back as 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but the the this year in particular, there was there was room for for the single to, signal to get louder. I felt, and, and you uh, mentioned and the clothing day. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. One one more I want to mention. Uh, mm-hmm. After the convention, uh, Chase Masterson of DS9 fame, she's also a uh, an anti-bullying activist. Um, uh, she got together with groups like the ACLU and Lambda Legal and uh, Indivisible, and they held a, a rally independent from the convention. Um, but you still had cosplayers there. You still had um, there was a a, a person there in, in Princess Leia cosplay with a sign saying "Resist."
0: I love it. Yes. Yeah. I actually was, I, was, I was literally about to ask you about that. So I just realized through Chase Masters I mean I'm like a big D S nine fan, but I'm terrible. I was like, Oh, Chase Masterson. So she played Lita, who was the um the Bajoran a character who had been a Dabo girl and then has a relationship with um uh wow Nog. Quark's brother, Nog. Thank you. And yes. So um so yeah, she was super charismatic and fun on the show. And that's so cool that she was doing that with the ACLU. What a neat partnership. How, did, did that have a pretty and, good turnout? How, what did it look like?
1: Um, it was after the convention, which I I, I I feel like it could have been bigger, um, but perhaps logistics and, and other factors came into play. But it was like five yeah, o'clock on the did, Sunday yeah. after.
0: People. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and people are starting to hit you know, look for their trains get their stuff back at their hotel. Who knows? But I you know, I I, I think it was there, it was viable, it did get some local news coverage. Um cool. you know, and I'm glad I found it.
0: That's too so great. Yeah, and I love seeing people like cosplay at rallies when it when it sort of was on theme and that Princess Leia stuff is definitely on theme. Um so, uh there was definitely some other big pieces of announcements that came out. Uh this like there was the Eisner Awards. Um I actually did a post a couple days ago uh Graphic Policy Radio. We we were lucky. We've had a number of the people who are now brand newly made Eisner Award winners have been on the show. So I posted up our old interviews with um with Saladin Ahmed who won for best writer of a best new series, Marjorie Lou who won two different, three awards, including being the first woman to ever win the Best Writer Award, which is ridiculous that no woman had won it till right now, uh, for her work on Monstrous. We interviewed her when that series launched. And um, uh, Tanika Slotz just won... Uh, uh, one for the um, anthology uh, elements, which we actually had her on to talk about just a few weeks ago. So that's a fresh off the presses interview with one of the winners. And then Karen Berger was entered into the Hall of Fame, the legendary Vertico publisher. Um, and uh, we had her on the show a while back as well. so folks can check can check that out. Um, but yeah, like did you have any thoughts about the Eisners this year?
1: I wasn't able to attend them, so I can't give you a, a very in-depth analysis. But I, I did think it was striking to see this wave of, of uh, non-white cis male voices mm-hmm. break through. Um, I my hope is that we look at that as a watershed in years to come. Um, and yeah, you know, I think the I think the the big two should be taking notes.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I would, yeah, i, I, no, if, I were, if I
1: were them, I'd be if, if I were them, I'd be, either be hopping on a Black Bolt uh, initiative or keep getting you know Ahmed some more gigs.
0: Yeah, he's running Exiles right now on Quicksilver, and I just it just oh you know what you know what kills me is so Roxanne Gay who wrote uh, World of Wakanda that comic was canceled and she won an Eisner for it, and like everybody knows it was canceled. It's not like they even tried to hide it. So her winning an Eisner for it is just the most like in-your-face repudiation of the tendency Marvel has to cancel comics before they've even hit the trade paperback market. You know, nature of things. Good God.
1: Well, I think that, inca- that, that, in, that encapsulates a lot, of, a, a lot of issues with the industry itself, as you said. Yeah. Uh, publisher will give up will give up on a talent and a title um very prematurely, but it turns out that you know later later that title gets recognized for its worth and suddenly Marvel looks like you know, they 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 drop the bag on themselves for no good reason. Yep. It was a completely unforced yep. error. Yep. And yep. it you know it, it it strains their credibility when they make these hires.
0: Yes. Yeah a number of us have pointed out I like
1: yeah, sorry, but just, just one sure. last yeah. point on that. But I, I think if, if they're going to take a lesson from the Eisners, um, they should take a look at, at these winners and the people already in the pipeline should be getting higher profile stuff. The people not in the pipeline should be brought in for uh, something more out of the box, like these all-digital initiatives we saw for Luke Cage mm-hmm. and Daughters of the Dragon. Um, but, yeah. I, I, you know... They, the industry as a whole has to stop betting on on white cis males if it wants to survive.
0: Yes, yes, and um, I was just basically going to say what you did, so so thank you. And you know, speaking of direct to digital, I know that uh, Kelly Thompson, who's a fabulous uh, writer, um, she just released like basically the Stephen Bomb of comicses, I guess in a way, um, like th- like two giant jumbo Jessica Jones issues uh were released during comic con um that uh i know i've been getting a ton of praise i'm not surprised to see um i did not read them because i was not buying things off amazon during the days that they came out because of the worker strike but i'm definitely going to check them out when they get to uh, my local comic book store um but i you know logan dalton friend of the show awesome dude Uh, he uh, had written basically about how much the Jessica Jones character has suffered over time by only coming from the voice of, you know, Bendis, who's not a a woman (laughs) at all, as much as he might claim that he speaks for his daughter. Um, And so uh, having that voice, that legacy get passed over to Kelly Thompson, which is such a perfect person to have take over the character is sort of like a sign of like, yeah, people are seeing that there's time to, start bringing those voices that can do it. So that, I mean, I guess that counts as as SDCC news because of when they, when they launched it. Um, Right. um, So one, one big thing I saw announced was the DC uh, Unlimited. Um, You know, I'm a huge fan of of uh, streaming platform. Now I'm a huge fan of Young Justice. And when I heard Young Justice was coming back and it was only going to be released on um, the streaming platform, I was just ridiculously angry because I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to see this. And why would I sign up for one more streaming platform? But when they announced the streaming platform, that it would include not just shows that were made for it, but also comics subscription. um, They describe it as a curated selection of comics, which I take to mean, no, you don't have our full archives but we're going to do a better job of organizing the issues we make available than Marvel did. Um, certainly that starts to get a little bit more appealing. It's yeah, also going to have. I, I... Yeah?
1: No, go on. You finish your thought. Finish your thought.
0: Yeah, It's also going to have um, the, uh, all, the all, all the old movies, including ones that are hard to find. It's going to have Batman the Animated Series and other classic animation on it. Like basically anything that DC has ever made for television in the history of mankind basically seems like it's going to be on it. Plus a number of comics, I I don't quite know that I can justify a subscription, but starting to sound like a reasonable deal. I could see people doing after all. What do you think?
1: My my well my my thoughts. One, if they're curating the comics, I can't wait to read Dan Didio's Outsiders run. Um. <laughs> um. <laughs> two. I think in. Theory, the idea of getting, <clears throat> being able to watch every Justice League cartoon, every Superman animated series cartoon, to say nothing of Batman the animated series, and you have to figure that once the Netflix deals are up for the current CW tent, those will be migrated over as well.
0: Yeah.
1: However, they could not have picked a worse shot across the than that Titans trailer. And I'm, I'm, sorry. Mm-hmm. I I'm not trying to jump on a bandwagon. That was just a badly done trailer. That was that was Zack Snyder's Creek.
0: Oof. Did they fix Starfire's wig or is she still wearing the Party City wig?
1: I couldn't even tell. She's barely in it. it uh, the bulk oh. of the trailer has to do with with uh, Raven, you know, who we can suppose is 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 Starting to deal with with the cost of of, of Trigon's legacy, mm-hmm. and then a, a a very '90s gritty take on on Dick Grayson's Robin. Um, which to me it didn't to me it didn't score it didn't it it it, it didn't not only uh, not match the I thought it was
0: I thought Jason was supposed to be the Robin in this, and that Dick was going to be like after he left Batman to become a cop thing.
1: That would be a slightly more palatable thing, but I'm not a Jason Todd person, so that's not a selling point for me, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm just saying uh, that um, I, 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 I like, actually I like... thought that it was at least a good idea. I thought to me it seems interesting to have it be not Dick for once. I don't think I've ever read Jason Todd in anything that wasn't that legendary Alan Moore comic for the man who has everything. Like, literally, like, I've not read anything that he's been in. But I I, I think it's interesting, as opposed to not recycling yourself, you know, to have it be Jason Todd and to have Dick Grayson be older. I was like, that's an interesting spin. But generally speaking, the production values just that I've seen so far are not. And you can do things on the cheap and have it be cool, but if that's what you're doing, like lean into the low budget, like make it make it be a trauma movie, you know. <laughs> if you're not going to spend the money, go all in in the campy and like, yeah, and, and, you know.
1: It, it, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't look it doesn't look fun. It, it looks yeah. like it looks like an ad that somebody put together watching other comic book show ads. Mm. You know, you've got the the faux soul the faux soulful cover song. Thing. Oh um, everybody's tormented.
0: The worst. the worst. What 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 song did they did, what, what song did they use?
1: I don't even remember. These things blur together by now. Yeah. But, you know, it's, that, it's that's a
0: bad the, sign for them, sure.
1: The the, the cool. vaguely Lord esque singer. Um <laughs> but I, 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 I here's here's the thing. I th- I thought as an outsider story, the look makes sense as a Teen Titan story, I don't think it's, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's going to register well. And it's not even a matter of recycling yourself. It's a matter that that, that, that there's a story of a group of young heroes who want to continue doing well. It's, it's, it's an optimistic story at its core. And mm-hmm. they provide that youthful idealism that contrasts with, with, you know, with the JLA, certainly with Batman, but certainly the outsiders, um, you know, it, it's it to me. Titans are a, a closer descendant of the Justice Society of America because they have that I, that that idealistic vision. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 you know, whereas the JLA are the pros. Yeah. Um, and I I think that's fertile ground. And I think and I think in a live action as a live action treatment um, is much more novel than perhaps say maybe they thought that that going bright would make it too much like Teen Titans Go. I just.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, I think in a way like the new Young Justice series is the something that's in between, right? It's like emotional and thoughtful, but it's not grim dark. Um, It's, you know what I mean? It, it does have some humor and some levity. Oh, correct. At least, at least it has in the past, you know, but it's, it's not too light. It's not too dark. It's, it's very emo, but it's not grim dark, you know? So if, if Titan sees three and, is and now, the, the that heroes, kind
1: of and, right. And, and, and the heroes are heroes. Yeah. You know, I yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I watched some of the, some of the old episodes recently and it still holds up. Young justice is so, so good. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm optimistic for that. I, I don't think Titans was a good follow up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe they have something with Harley Quinn um, and and I believe it was Swamp Thing, the other property.
0: Ooh, I don't know. Like, like like an animated movie. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing some more animated movies. They're getting another Wonder Woman one, which is ridiculous that there's only been one Wonder Woman. Good God. Like you had a huge blockbuster movie. They should have had a Wonder Woman movie oh. for kids and a Wonder Woman movie for I mean, there should have been a Wonder Woman animated movie for kids and a Wonder Woman animated movies for like not kids. That would have been cooked up over the past year. Like, good Lord.
1: Um, oh, and no, I just saw a star girl is going to, is going to be a, a property there.
0: Oh, cool. That's an interesting character to do y- yet. Another young white woman, although they certainly don't have to cast her that way. Have they released to their casting?
1: No, they only announced the show.
0: Cool. So then there's a good chance that it won't be yet another young white woman because there's no reason that star girl would need to be. Um, that's, Interesting. And but what I'm excited about is that they're going to introduce Batwoman. Um, uh, Kate Kane is going to be introduced on the, on uh, on, the on, I guess, Legends of Tomorrow, and then might be getting her uh, own she, show after that? Or wh- what is it?
1: She'll be part of the crossover. In fact, she might be the focal point of the crossover, which leads me to believe we're talking religion of crime. Um, but she will be getting a CW show. That is, that is being developed. So...
0: Start your um, well, shipping
1: engine.
0: Yeah, for real, dude. I, you know, I'm a huge fan of the character. I don't really watch any of the CW shows, not even the ones that people have sworn that I would like, which I probably would like. I just haven't had the bandwidth. But for Batwoman, I'm going to make myself do it. And what's also interesting to me is that they announced specifically that they're going to cast uh, a queer woman to play Batwoman. Now, this is interesting because, like, I'm really excited about that because we need to have some more jobs for queer women who are actresses, but you don't need to cast a queer woman as a queer role. I think that having cast um, gay men as gay men in the Star Trek Discovery show paid off in droves because I felt like we were able to get a realer and more authentic gay performance without worrying about stereotypes in a way that I feel like a lot of straight actors feel like they have to go so hard against type that they actually don't seem like any actual queer people who I know or relate to. Whereas having mm. queer actors in those roles on Star Trek Discovery was like, no, these are like definitely two queer dudes and they're very real and it's also not stereotypical. So it, it worked out great. But I don't think that, I'm not, but I don't think, but my, myself or, or and, and certainly not like Gays and Lesbians Against Defamation or any of the other LGBTQ groups, like they're not saying, oh, you must cast lesbian characters with lesbian actresses. We are saying that you need to cast trans actors as trans characters and that we're also encouraging, you know, folks to cast trans actors and actresses as non-trans characters as well. But um, but it's not the same thing. And I, I just don't want people to get that conflated um, in their coverage. Um, so, yeah, like I'm super – I think it's super cool that they want to cast a lesbian in that role because we get job discrimination and having more jobs is fabulous. But it's not let, the same let, as like – Yeah.
1: Let me ask you as as, as a cis sis head bro here. Um, does the casting of Nicole Maines, a trans actress in Supergirl,
0: mm-hmm. does
1: that ease your concern a bit uh, going into Batwoman?
0: No, I mean, I why I don't know why it would. Like she's a real actress, right? So I'm no, sure she'll I'm do a good is, job. What, what
1: oh. the theory is they if they've already taken care to cast a trans actress in. Uh, I mean, we don't know. You know, Dreamer may or may not, or can or can be trans. Um, but it, it shows oh, no, we, at we, least we some attentiveness to it.
0: I think we know she's we, she's playing. I think she's playing like a like a a league of superhero, a legion of superheroes character or something.
1: Yes, yeah, she's playing Dreamer, but um, even, even 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 expanding the search to so that somebody like the Colman can come in. With, does that show? Does the, 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 that? Signal the kind of attention needed to to cast to uh, that indicates that there'll be a, a good casting process in place for Batwoman. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. No. I think it does mean that. I, I think it would mean it was more likely to have a good casting process in place. I mean, it's you know, they're, they're, the casting's been a mixed bag. They've certainly cast some light-skinned actors in roles that should have gone to darker-skinned people. Um, but they also have, you know, diversified casts in different ways. Um, I think they'll probably do a good job of it, you know. But when I'm the one I'm, I'm really wondering how they're going to deal with is going to be for the Dick Grayson, sorry, the Dick Grayson movie. To be honest, that's the one that I think is really going to probably get whiffed, as it were. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'm trying to think. Was there any other big DC news? I guess did you guys probably got to see more Aquaman stuff, right? What did you think of it?
1: Um, I haven't talked to my colleague about it, but I thought I, I I thought it needed to generate momentum. I thought it did that. I thought, um, J- the the visual right now from from James Wan looks encouraging. Um, it's not a, it's not afraid of showing the vastness of the ocean, hmm. uh, or showing just how just how far Atlantis really can stretch. The battle scenes they're gonna be they're gonna be fun. Um, and I think a lot of it is just to get by on Momoa himself. You know, yeah. he, I, I mentioned in my article, he's, he's kind of he's he's kind of the the, the affable big man on campus when Con rolls around. You know, just, he's just this mm-hmm. big dude who likes Guinness and gets along with everybody.
0: Yeah, yeah. And he's done like a little bit of fringe political stuff that gives me hope that there might be some opportunity for him to use his his uh, place as Aquaman in some way to help support oceans. Like he made everybody do videos in support of um, in opposition to the, uh, the pipeline in South Dakota, you know, like he did, he cut mm-hmm. a video and then he like went to like all the other uh, justice league actors and was like, okay, you're going to make a video now too. Um, so that's a good sign. Um, but he's not someone who I've heard like tons of political stuff from or anything, but it would be super cool if he was going to pivot that position to sort of be an ocean champion, um, you know, We'll
1: see. You know, but, but I think what, what's funny is with with DC movies, the baseline uh, people aren't, aren't even expecting another Wonder Woman. I don't think people are just like no. I, they, I just hope it's not another Justice League. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so they everybody. I think everybody wants Aquaman to be good, um, in large part, so that they can continue seeing Jason Momoa. Uh,
0: Yeah. (laughs) We do like to see him. It's true. Um, uh, What what, what did Marvel do? Did Marvel, what what kind of announcements did Marvel make?
1: Um, I didn't get to go go to the comic stuff, unfortunately. That's great casualties of of this assignment, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't spy any cinematic. Um, You know, Iron Fist season two was, was announced. Yeah. So, Why are they doing yay. that again? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. How, I don't know how I feel about litigating that question right now because I ran into Finn Jones at a party and I was, <laughs> was not a jerk to me. So. Uh, okay. I just, okay. I just said
0: hello.
1: Wish him good luck. I just said hello. Wish him good luck, and and made my way out of there. Um, well, I
0: mean, I, I maybe, fully believe he's not a sociopath, so
1: you know. Maybe the biggest one uh, was Venom because of the Spider Man association. So it's not a it's not a Marvel product directly, but it has a, it has a connection now. Um, you know, we got our first full body look at Venom himself or themselves, I should say. Um, hmm. And you know, it, it, he they look sufficiently scary. Um, there's no indication yet of whether. They'll acknowledge uh, Spider-Man in in that film. Um, of course, Hardy's up for up for it. You know, he, he's he's yeah. down for whatever. Um,
0: that's just so weird to me. Making a Venom movie without Spider-Man existing is just a very like. Is that just a Jekyll and Hyde story? Then I don't know.
1: I think that's a good way of characterizing it. Um, Hardy's Eddie is. Pretty shady inherently, so that's you know that character trait is has carried over. Um, you know, it, it for our fans who were, who read Secret Wars, the original, you know that you, that, that provides a better job explaining why Venom takes the form they do uh, because they were based on Peter Parker's you know yeah. Spider Man uh, here seems to kinda of glom onto Eddie um and just start talking to him. So you know, if they're if they're not careful look a little, like a little shop of horrors. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, I've seen some disturbing screen caps.
1: But I mean it looks it looks promising. Um hmm. I, it was a little disturbing to hear Hall H chant We Are Venom. I mean like, you know, not that not exactly a role model, kids. Um
0: Wow. So, I mean, that was probably encouraged by the studio, right? Yes. Yeah, that seems off. Like, it's totally fine to do a Venom movie, but like, even if I think it's artistically suspect, it's, you know, morally reasonable, whatever. But like, yeah, like, I I hear you there. Like, making people be like, we are Venom is like,
1: hmm. Uh, you know, they gave away these little, they're they're like SARS masks, but they have the venom mouth on, on them. So people would put them on and and they look like their teeth are sticking out or whatever. Um, one funny little slip up, uh, you know, Tom Hardy gets on and he he says, you know, I wanted to play a a superhero role that my kids could watch, which, okay, this movie, uh, but but, you know, then, then the, one of the taglines of the trailer, uh, one of the taglines in the trailer is something like, There are no superheroes. Which, uh. That's slightly more accurate. Interesting. But, you know. It, it, yeah. But anti hero properties as a whole just kind of seem weird in this day and age. Uh. There was also the Into the Spider Verse animated panel. Oh. Um. I mean, it looks. The movie itself looks like it's going to be fun. It's an older Peter Parker. Uh, Miles Morales, Morales encounters him and then the two of them encounter uh, Spider-Gwen.
0: And this is going to be released in movie just, theaters, right? This is like... A, yeah. I'm so fucking smart and I'm so glad it's happening.
1: I, think, I want know, I more feel, big budget...
0: There should be big budget animated movies for of superheroes for an all-ages audience. Like, good God. So... Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, yeah. Again, speaking of people not taking lessons, what do they say about it is that the pre-Nolan Mask of the Phantasm was in the conversation for best Batman movie ever without any sense oh, yeah. of irony?
0: Oh yeah. I loved Max. Max and the heck, Phantasm. if you
1: ask, I think it's, it's 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 probably still top three to me.
0: It's been a long time, but I have such vivid memories of watching it on my grandma's tiny, tiny TV in, in Florida trying to get my hair to dry because it's too damn humid for human life down there. Wow. Yeah, that movie is hey. it was really wonderful and beautiful animation. Speaking of animation, here's just a very exciting piece of news was that um, Voltron, the new animated Voltron show, says that uh, they're going to have uh, one of the lead characters' is boyfriend, I guess. Or I don't know if it's a current boyfriend or ex-boyfriend, is going to be uh, – a character in the upcoming season. Um, And uh, it's like one of the main character guys. So having a, a, I guess gay, but maybe bi, I don't know, um, male character who's like the leader of Voltron, you know, in an all ages, I mean, skews, skewing older children, you know, not like a young kids show, but like an older kids and teens show. That's great. That's great news. I'm really impressed. And, you know, I know it's made by the folks who made um, who made, uh, Avatar, Legend of Korra, and Last Airbender. And when I first saw them, that series when it came back, I found it disappointing because it didn't seem to have the same level of emotional intelligence that the original series did. And it also seemed like it was a step backwards in terms of racial diversity. Like, I didn't see anybody who wrote, who looked black, for example. Like, there just wasn't, you know what I mean? Um, but if the if the show is going to if, but if but if the show is going to actually have like a gay male couple, Jesus, that would be wonderful, wonderful. So um, I don't know. Like, did you follow much of that uh, that that news?
1: Um, that was one that I, I caught up later because it came out when I was running around from assignment <laughs> to assignment, often literally. Uh, but I'm also pleased by that. I think as a sci-fi fan, to me, it's a nice follow-up to. Uh, Bill on Doctor Who uh, being shown dating women or, or worrying about dating women, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and, and talking about her sexuality in a way that wasn't exploitative. And then she got the girl at the end. So, I, you know, so I, I think it, it and, and Doctor Who is a show that's younger than Voltron, probably. Really? So that I didn't know that. Oh, I think I would.
0: Well, I mean, I guess Doctor Who is the national religion of England, right? Like, Doctor Who is the national religion of England, and therefore clearly some small children watch it because that's what they do instead of going to church, I guess. Uh.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Brief, brief, brief scene from the Doctor Who panel. Uh, 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 I think she was nine- or ten-year-old girl I got up during the Q&A, and she says, you know, my, my name is such-and-such, and, such, and I've been waiting for a girl doctor for a long time.
0: Aww. You
1: know, and uh, there were there were there were little little girls cosplaying thirteen going up to Jodie Whittaker on on the floor, and the, the thing about Whittaker that I think uh, is going to be her strength as we go on. Uh, I'm not going to question her passion. She's played Antigone, you know, on the stage, um, but her joy in being in this position is palpable So I I you know. She, she really wants to do this. And I think she really wants to be for this moment. Uh, so I, I, you know, I'm tremendously optimistic going into, into her first season.
0: That's great. That's great. And this is definitely also all coming on the heels of, you know, two female um, characters, on uh, Steven Universe getting married in a very young people friendly show. And like this episode that I swear is like, therapy for everyone it's so like there's a song in the new episode there's a song on the episode like about it's definitely something that was written after the election it's um a song about uh how to have a happy moment and celebrate love in the face of horror that's happening around you and i just want to play that song for everybody i work with in social justice movement work you know um so yeah we're getting we're getting ourselves some queer representation in children's cartoons that's fabulous Fabulous. Uh, so, uh, what, 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 else, what else did you uncover that you want to tell our folks about?
1: Um, well, uh, let's see. Speaking of Tignataro on Discovery, you know she was also heavily featured. Um, Wait,
0: what is Tignatar on? So though? she's. Pro-
1: uh, she's on Discovery, the new Star Trek.
0: Oh, she's on the new Star Trek. She will. Tignataro
1: Yes, State. she I will be. It she'll be the chief engineer. So, uh, Scotty will not will not be the only smart ass engineer in canon now.
0: Oh, wait, in the movie or in the TV No, show? in
1: in in the uh, Discovery the TV show.
0: Oh, in the TV show. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. Well, that's exciting. That's exciting. That's definitely going to keep its place in my heart regardless of anything else then. So, that's that's interesting casting news.
1: Let's see. Um, probably the takeaway moment for me came during, of all things, the Halloween panel, like for the, for the, for the reboot, for the new, the new film. Yeah. Which, which just to catch everybody up that one, this new film with Jamie, um, is a direct sequel to the original. In other words, uh, this discard everything else that's come before. Um, which if you're a Godzilla fan, you know how to do that already because there are so many timelines in that film (laughs) series. But anyway, uh, we can talk about that trailer later if you want to. But anyway, um, so uh, Jamie Lee gets on Hall H, a 6,000-person arena, and just instantly owns the place. And she's talking about uh, Laurie Strode, her character, uh, living with and dealing with and decided to finally conquer uh, her trauma and her PTSD, and, she, and she's very forcefully telling this crowd that these are legitimate issues. That you have, you know, mental health is a legitimate issue, and that's kind of talk you don't hear a lot of in that in that on that platform. Um, you know, and the Q and A begins, and a gentleman gentleman says uh, he reveals that he was a victim of a home invasion, a person in his house carrying a knife, trying to hurt him. Um, to survive, he followed the example, he followed the actions that Laurie Strode took in the original Halloween, and that wow. enabled him to get out of the house and save his own life. Um, and he, you know, he, he literally tells Jamie Lee Curtis, you're the only reason I came to Comic-Con. And uh, then Nicole Brown, who was moderating the panel, motions him toward the stage and the cameras follow him thank goodness and Jamie Lee Curtis meets him just off stage and they, they have this nice embrace and, and she, she says something to him I couldn't tell you but it was obviously a, a deep conversation at that moment and hmm. that was one that you, you don't pre- how can you prepare for that as a congoer? Um, goer right. you know but but again you think everyone who was there felt fortunate to be there um and i was you know i was getting ready to, to I ended up getting ready to, to, to wrap up and leave and i overhear this, this the people behind me and uh one asks uh when are we getting a women who kick ass panel with jamie lee curtis and her companion says we just did
0: yeah oh wow wow
1: so that that and the doctor who uh that and, and seeing Joey Whitaker in both her panel and the Her Universe fashion show uh, connecting instantly with uh, with the fan base and possibly even re-energizing, I think, the Who fan base. Uh, hmm. I, there's there there's a certain contingent that is kind of uh, looking forward to come back to the show now that Steven Moffat is gone.
0: Yeah, I know a lot of folks feel that way.
1: So that's exciting.
0: I do want to take a Uh, little bit of time also just to talk about your perspective on Comic Con as someone who lives in San Diego. Um, Like, you know, I mean, the conference, the con, has been going on for a long time, but it didn't really become like the industry of the city so much until more recently, really. Like, how, how has it transformed San Diego?
1: Um. Just to set the stage, um, I've I've lived in San Diego since nineteen eighty eight. I started attending the convention sometime in the mid nineties. And at that time, what would happen was you would go to the building, uh, you would line up for maybe an hour, and you would you would get ushered up and you'd buy your ticket and you would walk the floor and you would go to a panel at your at your whim um maybe sneak in see an anime a 24-hour anime screening you know you do or you go check out the masquerade but you could do these things easily you could come and go as you pleased within 10 minutes you know sometime in the 2010s it became uh you know a lead generator for hollywood and they would bring their properties here and start selling them um as of 2014, the most recent reported year, and this is from the San Diego Union-Tribune, the convention generated $19,800,838 in total revenues. Uh, in, in terms of uh, estimated economic impact, $140 million. Uh, attendee spending, $82,800,000. So as an economic engine, this thing has been on the go, on the rise for at least a decade. I want to say at least a decade now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it envelops most of downtown San Diego, almost literally, because it's not just a convention now. There's pop ups and what they call activations all over the neighborhood. Uh, the panels are, are formed out to nearby hotels now, a la DragonCon. You know, and, and uh, there's there's the zombie walk. There's there's been con- events that happen specifically on this weekend to kind of try and drive traffic to their own. There's uh, Chicano Con, Barrio Logan, about five minutes away, which is uh spotlights uh, Latinx and Chicano artists and creators.
0: Oh, cool! Yeah,
1: so. It's taken on a lot of dimensions. Um, And unfortunately, as someone who lives here, I do enjoy it. Um, As a fan, I really worry sometimes about what fans are willing to do to catch one of these panels. You know, they, they literally sleep outside the building and and the con is nice enough to set up tents for them now you know there's these big canopies that people hide out under Um, but you walk in front of the building on on, you know during the convention at night and there's people queued up for the first panel Um, and and I I question that I but that's just because I I you know I love Doctor Who but I like my home you know
0: yeah, and this is also happening while the city is experiencing a resurgence of homelessness, of, like, actual homelessness, as opposed to, like, I have to wake up ungodly early to attend a panel.
1: Right, and, um, you know, it, you can see that they get ushered out, the, the homeless population which which congregates downtown – You see less of them there, but at the central library, which is less than a mile from the convention center, tents on the street there. So you can't help but notice the contrast between uh, the somewhat gilded age the convention represents with a very real public health and human rights crisis. Yeah. You know, this city just went through a a, a hepatitis issue. Uh, HEP A
0: or HEP C. That
1: affected the homophobic. HEP A.
0: So from f- so that that that's food that's foodborne illness, basically, right? Uh
1: see. I think I think
0: HEP A is food. I think that's like what you get the vaccine for before you travel to certain places. Okay. And then HEP C is the one that you get from sex or needles, basically. Um but, um, but that's, you know, oh, that's interesting. I hadn't heard about that. Like, do you think that there's been any attempt by the companies that are coming to town to try to like give back to the San Diego community beyond just the people who are immediately, you know, like working for the local hotels and stuff like that?
1: There certainly hasn't been a wide scale initiative. Um, but yeah like i don't i don't i don't see dc uh taking people out to eat you know or or providing providing goodie bags for for our local homeless now yeah um it it's it, it's possible that their the attitude is let's just go do our thing and then get out and and the city takes their money and use it for for whatever they whatever they uh choose
0: I knew you guys. You guys had like a super batshit mayor a while back, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Could you be more specific.
0: <laughs> oh, so you have a super batshit mayor right now as well, or? Uh...
1: No, we, we have a we have a quiet uh, center right conservative mayor at this point.
0: Hmm. Um.
1: So he's not. You know, he's not like Governor Paula Page or he's not like Rep. Peter King, where he's just going to say something goofy or outright offensive. But you know, in, but it, it, is there a, a a citywide push for more progressive initiatives? Not from the mayor's office. No. Yeah. Uh, in fact, the old Central Library, a, a two-story building in the midst of downtown, which uh, some leaders have tried to push to be converted into a shelter, still sits unused.
0: Good Who knows God. Why? Yeah. I. I. You know. I. When you think about like, you know, it's great that it's great that there is an arts and culture-driven convention that brings money to a city that primarily is industry. you know, primarily if correct me if i'm wrong before that primarily the money was from the navy or from like the zoo basically right like those were the like some you know right like the naval the naval and that so it's it's good that there's you know a diversified way to bring in money but but there, there but there has to be there has to be ways to um make sure that the whole community is is benefiting from it and not just the people at the top. Um, and then the other piece of it is, I think that fans have the ability to lobby the city in different ways. You know, um, I don't know if there's any particularly odious local measures coming up uh, at the city level, but you know, like thinking about the opportunity the conference has to call attention to folks who maybe are in town, you know, for it who might not know about these other local issues, and to get them to donate sign a petition, do something else, mobilizing it, you know, to support the community that lives there. Uh, We we saw this video that was made, I think it was by a local TV station, really looking at the uh, affordable housing crisis in San Diego and how much rent has gone up. And certainly, you know, when you think about people like renting out their houses to uh, to people who are coming in from out of town for Comic-Con, that can also have a, that, that has the potential to do some displacement, but it also has the potential to help people of course, afford to continue paying their rent, right? That can really go both ways. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, I, you know, I, I don't know if you had any thoughts about uh, the housing housing affordability in, in San Diego, and what you think the the conference attendees or, or or the companies that participate in it might might be able to say or do to impact it. <sighs>
1: Now that you bring this up, I don't believe I've seen local groups uh, being a I, – I haven't seen any local group uh, establish a connection with the, with the con or with people coming in uh, with regards to that issue. It's, it's possible that they, 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 everyone thinks it's kind of outside that sphere, um, because I think the, people still think of it as a as a as a you know a pop culture only thing, uh, despite. But if you, if, again, if you've been there for enough years, you'd seen that there are, there are 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 other discussions taking place. Um, yeah. I suppose it would take a a local contingent linking up with you know an, an activist who could be. Coming down here for the con, hint hint, um, <laughs> and, and maybe forging a coalition that way.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, from the donations front, I was really happy to see that um, the folks who did who wrote, who do the Cal Exit comic, um, their mm-hmm. fundraiser that they they like were selling issues and doing like a fundraising effort at New York at, at sorry at SDCC, the money going to a group that was doing like direct relief at the border and, you know, like, like, you know, like right near San Diego. And that made me really happy because I I am always talking about how it seems like only the big national organizations that everybody already knows the name of seem to get love from folks in popular culture spaces, even though a lot of what we could be doing is raising the profile of other worthy organizations that folks haven't even heard about yet. So it made me super happy mm-hmm. to see the Cal Exit folks in black masks supporting a group that I'd never heard before. That looked like they were doing really frontline work with, um, with 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 refugees. So
1: that was right, cool. and they are more. I I, I I I spoke to the you know the the, the Cal Exit team a few months back for a story, um, and you're right, they are out there. They are doing the frontline work. Is Marvel going to do that when Jeff Loeb is running around dressed like the kid for the Iron Fist panel? Don't oh, I forgot like to it.
0: mention that. Talk to me about that. Yes, Jeff Loeb showed up at the Iron Fist panel wearing, like, was it, like, fake
1: was it, martial arts clothing? What was no, it? I mean, there was a Daniel LaRusso cosplay.
0: Who? Uh,
1: the Karate Kid, Ralph Macchio. Oh,
0: okay. Okay, sorry.
1: I mean, it's it's just more specifically offensive, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. Uh, and then, and then, he, uh, he reportedly made a remark at the cloak and dagger panel to the effect of "there are only two genders of people: cloak fans and dagger fans." And then he misgendered a, a young a young woman who was asking, uh, who got up for the Q and A. Oh no! So I don't know what's gotten into Jeff Loeb. Um, you know, are we surprised that the company had promoted a curious to let this happen? Probably <laughs> oh, man.
0: Um, that's just really, really sucky. It's like, this is what happens when people don't have conversations with people who aren't like them, who are in the position where they can comfortably tell them, like, what's what, right? Like, how much do you want to bet that, like, any trans person that Jeff's have ever had a conversation with was, like, someone who was trying to get work in the industry and, like, wasn't in the position to be like, so, Jeff, this is fucked up. Don't say this. Um you know that's entirely probable, looking at his age and heterosexuality. Um, and yeah, like you know, I, I I'm am sure he didn't wake up in the morning being like, oh, I want to go be offensive. But like, get what? Guess what, motherfucker, you were offensive, <laughs> and you need to. Well, I mean, shows having- that,
1: oh, I mean, regarding Iron Fist in particular, that shows a misreading of the of 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 the feedback to that show either a Very, misreading yeah. or an outright or an outright lack of lack of care.
0: Yeah, that's true. It's hard to say which, it which it is, which it is because we do know that the show knew people were upset. Like there was all kinds of visible uh, reactions from the show indicating that they'd heard people's, you know, they'd heard people's complaints. So for and, Loeb, you know, Loeb, and
1: like, if, if you saw Luke Cage this season, that was a very visibly rehab Danny Rand we saw
0: Oh I didn't know he appeared this season
1: Oh yeah um, Spoiler But yes he shows up for an episode No no problem And, uh-huh. and he's He's chill he, He's just kind of happy to be Hanging with Luke again um, He's Much more willing to listen to people you know, and, and I looked at watching. I was like, "Yeah, that's the guy I wanted from the start." Yeah. So somebody yeah. listened, just not Jeff Loeb.
0: <laughs> wow. Were there any other big flubs or fuck ups on the parts of people uh, from the industry at the con that you saw?
1: Um, I do have to note this. Uh, there were a couple of flubs in the Spider Verse panel. Hmm. Uh, Shamik Moore, who's voicing. Uh, who's voicing Miles Morales, uh, referred to him as black and Mexican, uh, which, uh, no, Uh, he's black and Puerto Rican. Uh, Yeah. Haley Haley Steinfeld, who's voicing Gwen Stacy slash Spider-Gwen, called her the first Spider-Woman, which, if you're a Jessica Drew fan, that's probably not what you want to hear.
0: Yeah, but I—I I mean, you know, and I am—I'm a big Jessica Drew fan, but I also am like, yeah, whatever. You're a kid; you don't know, and she doesn't exist in the TV world that she's seen. She was only in that cartoon no one watched back in the day. I'm, I'm not going to hold her on that.
1: I mean, that's kind of a weird. Th- that to me is is a weird talking point. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I, it, if if you if you didn't make that claim at all. Um, because it's a, it's a, this movie in particular deals with the multiverse, then you leave open the possibility that hey maybe maybe we will see Jessica Drew pop up or or Aranya. remember Aranya? Right. She was like, yeah,
0: I do. Or, or
1: you know, or or Silk, uh, or uh, Julia Carpenter, who never got a fair shake in the role. <laughs> um, you know, but yeah. it, it's. I don't promoting Gwen Stacy and Spider Gwen uh, means having to denigrate the other spider women who have come before. And I don't, oh, think, I don't that think that was her intention.
0: She no, she just, she just figured that, it out in, like, like in the comics, yeah. you know.
1: <laughs> she didn't or, read the or, you know, Or she wasn't – or, or you know, it, you know or, or, or creative didn't go to her and fill that as part of the backstory. And that's a, the that's a yeah. second thing. Like, uh, you know, Gwen's not the first spider woman, but she's the only one she knows about. Dune, you're done got it but, yeah. but and but it it's it, it's, it's a flub it's it's something that um you hear that and like oh uh, but the but the movie itself looks good um and I'm I'm calling it right now John Mullaney as uh Peter Porker Spider-Ham is going to steal that so hard
0: oh man I bet that's great
1: he, he's going to be a rocket watch
0: yeah. oh man that's cool. That's cool. Well, we're coming up on in the hour. Um, I mean, do you have any other thoughts about what folks who might want to go to San Diego comic-con in the future should think about in terms of ways to support the existing community and also survival tips that you might have for us?
1: Save your money. Like it, it, it's a seriously expensive time. Um, Make sure to allot time for what you want to do because you're going to be waiting everywhere for everything. Um, and look into events going on around the neighborhood, like ChicanoCon. That's that's it, it. It celebrated its fourth year this year. It's probably going to be probably there for the long haul. Take a trip out there and check that out. A local brewer's art shows. I think Lalo Carras did, did a thing there this year. Um, yeah, look. Expand your search around the city and see what else Mm is going on.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for joining us, Arturo, and um, hopefully we can have you back in the near future again. Do you want to let our listeners know the best place to follow your work online?
1: Uh, You can find me at snopes.com. The article uh, with Dave Moss is now live at rollingstone.com. Uh, Twitter mm-hmm. you can find me a boy a boy named Art like a boy named Sue just Art at the End
0: indeed and we can also find you at Dragon Con you're on a panel there coming up yeah
1: yes talking about fake news and misinformation and conspiracy theories should be fun
0: like from the debunking standpoint not from the like woohoo this is cool standpoint <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes 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 excellent
1: uh, BYO tinfoil
0: um, BYO tinfoil thank you I wish I could go to see that I will be at Netroots Nation, my conference that I work for, in the beginning of August. So, Well, thanks again, Martura. We'll have you back on the show soon. Sounds good. So uh, to our listeners, you probably gathered, I'm not going to be around next week, so we're not going to have an episode next week. Um, Going to be in New Orleans for Netroots Nation. But I have some exciting news for you. The Venture Brothers show is coming back. I think, August 4th on Cartoon Network, which means that very soon after you will will get to hear myself and Stephen Adlewell back during the Venture Brothers podcast. Um, That is the podcast in which we will break down episode by episode, looking at all the pop culture and historical references that are woven into the very pop culture history reference laden series. Um, We've got we got huge feedback from folks about it last year, how much you guys liked the show. Um, Stephen, you know, being a a historian and a lifelong New Yorker and myself um, sort of uh, combining our powers together to give you the most complete analysis of the Venture Brothers show that you'll find anywhere from what I can see. Um, I'm pretty sure that Jackson Public and Doc Hammer and I, especially Doc Hammer and I, like literally consumed exactly the same pop cultural media a lot, most of our lives. And therefore I'm particularly well-equipped at helping guide you through this journey. Um, so yeah, bunch brothers podcast. will be back in early August. So definitely join us for that. And in the meantime, you can find me on Twitter, E L A N A underscore Brooklyn, Ilana underscore Brooklyn on Twitter, all the damn time. Graphic policy is our website. You can always get our, our episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and uh, actually we also end up on YouTube eventually if you prefer to get it that way, though there's no there's no cool video to watch. Um, Graphic Policy has our own uh, San Diego Comic-Con coverage. You can also check out and read over there. And until next time, keep it geeky.